0: Welcome back to the Blue Line Millennial Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. With me today, 16-year law enforcement veteran, Justin, owner of Mill Mac Blades. Badass SWAT dude. Been doing SWAT for about the past 12 years or so. Justin, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Very good. Very good. I had a cocktail tonight, so I'm a pretty happy guy. Uh, right on. And <laughs> it was made, more importantly, with whiskey. So uh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm super excited. Um before we jump in, we got a nonprofit shout out. This one comes from Justin uh, for Gold Star Teen Adventures. Justin, tell us all about it, man.
1: Yeah, so GST Adventures or Gold Star Teen Adventures—they're just an awesome company. Um, Jessica's a lady that that runs it that I have contact with, and they just do like some awesome things for Gold Star families, um, for Gold Star teams, including like just different kind of activities, camps, like all sorts of different things that they can go to. And they've actually expanded and um, also help out. Um, public safety now too. So, yeah, just give them a check out
0: and they do some awesome stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Go ahead and check them out, man. Hit them up on, uh, those of you that are listening, hit them up on Google, Gold Star Teen Adventures. Uh, Well, Justin, I start off most of my interviews now pretty much uh, the same way, man. You can have a drink with anybody alive or dead. Who is it and what are you drinking?
1: Oh, gosh, man. This is is probably deeper than normal, but uh, dude, my dad. My dad passed away when I was little. Um, so yeah, dude, if I could, if I could sit down and have just like, dude, would probably be like, uh, like he always drank Olympia beer. So I'm sure it would just be like some light beer. And yeah, that would, that would be the, uh, that would be the one for sure.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I uh, I can respect that, man. Having, I, I got a few friends who, uh, who lost parents at a fairly young age. Um, uh, my dad says that when he hits 75, he's going back to smoking and drinking. So I may very well get the opportunity to, uh, to have, a, to have it. My, my dad's thing was Miller light. So I may very well get the opportunity oh, to have awesome. a Miller light, but, uh, uh, yeah, hell yeah, man. That is a good answer, man. And, uh, one thing that I've noticed, and I, I don't know if I should be surprised about it or not, but, um, a lot of guests are, are choosing, uh, family members, you know, parents, grandfathers, um, as opposed to, you know, like Winston Churchill or something like that. And I got to say that, that it's awesome to hear that, uh, that people are going for family first. It's always a nice, nice thing to hear on my end.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. And I think probably too, like, um, I think you're, it's, it's stages of life too, man. Like if you asked me that question, who knows 15 years ago, maybe it would have been a different answer. Yeah. So I would have been more at a different stage where I'm thinking about things differently, but now like, becoming middle-aged and my kids are getting older um yeah definitely that was that was the answer
0: yeah i I, absolutely man i couldn't agree with you more i remember uh helping my dad out doing like construction work when i was 15 or 16 and my dad would always say like yeah when he hit high school i must have turned stupid or something just i can't even imagine the asshole that i was when i was 15 years old and likewise when i was 15 my answer would have been completely different than than i'm sure what it is now so yeah exactly got it Take the cut. Those of you that are listening right now, drop everything, go, you know, put this shit on pause and go, go call a family member and tell them you love them. So that's, that's my, my deep emotional moment. That's that whiskey coming through from that cocktail I had earlier, but. Uh. <laughs> it's all right, man. We need more of it. So, uh Justin, how'd you get started into law enforcement and what's, what's, uh what made you who you are? Gosh,
1: man. So. I played, uh, I played football in high school, played a little in college and college I'm getting hurt. And I always kind of knew um, military or law enforcement was going to be the route I was going to go down. And um, unfortunately, um, my injuries from football um, made me apply. I, I tried to join the military, started going through meps and stuff like that. I started I had to get a waiver um, from some of my football injuries. During that time, we had a family friend. Um, that worked for a um, police department, and just said, "Hey, had you ever really in- interested in this? Have you ever thought about it?" And I was like, "Ah, yeah, for sure, but not not too much." And end up doing a internship actually, like my last semester at ASU, and um, loved it. And um, applied and uh, got hired. So that was that was kind of how it all started.
0: Nice. There seems to be a uh, a fairly common uh, thread and that we're all drawn to service through, through, you know, and who knows? I don't, I don't know that you can necessarily point to one aspect, you know, where it comes from. Um, but I think that that's something that consistently drives people, uh, especially now, man. I mean, with everything that's been going on, uh, with, with 2020 being the hell of a year that it was, I think that, well, I don't think recruiting is down across the board, but I think that the people that you will see in, you know, taking tests are the ones who have wanted to be cops or, you know, they've, they're, they're veterans and they're coming home or they, they've just wanted to have a life of service ever since they were, you know, small or there was at least, you know, some sort of catalyst, some sort of event uh, at some point in time in their lives and they decided, you know what, that's what I'm going to go and do. As opposed to people who are like, yeah, it's a stable job. Like, you know, criminals are always out there and, uh, you know, I get a pension <laughs> at the end of it.
1: Yeah. I don't think that's happening much anymore.
0: No, no, I, I I don't enjoy working around people that, that just are here until they decide, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm just, oh, well, you know, people are starting to shoot at us now, so I think I'm going to leave. I'm like, mm, great. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, the fuck yeah. you think was going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly.
0: Uh, and I got to imagine, man, that 16 years ago, uh, as far as policing was concerned, the world looked a little different.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I think that's, that's what's funny to you. Like we talk about all, all the, all the time at work, because as you progress through your career, right. It's always like, Oh man, when I back in, back in the day, when this happened, like, um, but it's like, it's always that way. Right. Like I remember being um, a new cop and hearing the old guys talking about how they were when they were freaking cops in the, in the eighties. Right. Like, so it's, I think it's it's constantly that way, but, yeah, when when I first got on, man, it was a it was a definitely a different beat. Um, definitely not as much a worry, and not as much politics involved. Um, and yeah, man, it was a it was a it was a different time, and and, and it is it's it's interesting because I would love to talk to some dudes that are coming into law enforcement now and just be like, um, ask them what's what what the push is, and I'm sure it's the same as it always has been for for guys and gals that have that have come into this career field because I don't think. Um, it it can be anything different, right? Like you have a, you have, like you said, a, a sense of service or, or you just can't stand bullies. Like you just want to stand up for what's right. You just want to do something that maybe is not going to make you rich, but will be stable. And, um, also just know you're kind of making a difference. And I think that's the continual theme you'll, you always find.
0: Yeah. And I think that one thing to those of you that are listening, who are either just starting your careers or you're thinking about getting into it. You may not go home every night with the thought of uh, I've I've oh I did all these things I made this big of a difference, but there's there's going to be like that day, and it's not going to come around very frequently. But there's going to be that day where you get home and you go, "Fuck yeah, I, I did my job today."
1: Yeah, you for sure, and I think like too, I think you have got to always understand that like the things that you expect to make impact may not always be the things that do. So sometimes I think in our careers, we expect these huge, big moments and, and they do, there's definitely, there's definitely some of those that that make impacts on people, but shit, man, it could be something as little as like, dude, you just freaking give a, give a dude a bottle of water, like the impact and that ripple effect that that has, or you, you stop a car for, for whatever reason. and, And it's nothing big. It's not like a great stop. There's nothing that, no huge crime being committed but that that ripple effect that that car wasn't supposed to be somewhere at certain time like who knows what you change so i think just always always keeping that at the forefront like you're you're doing good work um and you won't always see the progress of it but it's happening
0: absolutely and it's an important thing to keep in mind even for those of us uh who've been doing this for any amount of time i've only been doing this for four years you've been doing it for 16 uh you know i know guys have been doing it nearly 30 years uh, some of them even lo- longer than i've been alive um yeah. and i think it's important to to maybe remember that that hey you're not always going to see the difference that you're making but you're out there and you're you're making that that positive impact whether or not you even realize that it's happening um yeah it you know like you i had honestly i never even thought about like hey if i stopped that car for you know just rolling that stop sign in this area but maybe a quarter mile down the road, there was a car that ran a red light.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. I never even,
0: never even really thought about it like that. So yeah, there's your, uh, there's your, uh, your, your big like kaboom moment. Like, Holy shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't know, man. I think it's like, I, and I'm kind of always that way with everything, man. Like I'm not like a impatient dude. Like I'm, I'm pretty patient. Like I'm not the dude that gets super pissed off in the car when he's driving because of traffic or something like that. I used to be, but then I just kind of like take that same attitude to things, man. Like this is how, this is how it's supposed to be, right? Like this is, um, this is how things are. So let it be, don't try to, don't try to rush it. Don't try to change it. They're happening that way for a reason. And it's, uh, usually for the most part, I think it always works out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important to remember is, uh, as well that, like the other day, I was supposed to go qual on my rifle, and it was—it's a, a personal rifle. I gave the department their gun back because uh, I moved uh, assignments them off the road, and those uh, the SBRs that are issued to my agency should probably stay on the road, given that they're going to be used a little bit more frequently, and it's probably handier to have in an eleven and a half inch barrel. So, okay, here, take this rifle back. I've got my own gun, um, and right as we're about to start quals, I end up getting called out uh, to a case. I'm, I'm a brand new detective. Oh God, That's I'm a brand new detective. That's part of the, um, you know, part of the ball game, so to speak. But, uh, but I was like, man, damn it. Like, I just wanted to call on my rifle. I can't like, can you give me an out? And I was like, I, which of course I didn't say that my answer was, I in. I'm on my way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but important to remember that, that, Hey, that that's part of the job, right? That's just how, how things go, accept it, move on from it. And it actually ended up being a great learning opportunity th- 14 hours yeah, later, yeah. but
1: <laughs> exactly so, like that's the, that's the thing. So I think those are, those are key things for guys like coming on. Um, cause it's a, it's a crazy time right now to, to be starting your career in law enforcement, let alone just be in it to begin with.
0: Absolutely. There was a, I can't remember if I've, if I've told this story and i where I used to work on patrol, there was a Walmart and we all know that if you're a cop and there's a Walmart, you're going to be the cop of Walmart. So, um, and there was this, this security dude. He didn't work for Walmart. He was more for, like, the, like the just, like, the strip mall security guy. Um, younger dude, uh, you know, maybe, like, mid to late 20s in what appeared to be extremely good physical condition, um, given that I'm fairly certain that he had to have, like, pant legs for sleeves because his biceps were so big. Um, but he was like, yeah, I thought about being a cop, man. Uh, but I'm just going to wait for everything to settle down. And it's like, nah, dude, that's not how it works, man. Like, you if you're going to wait for it to settle down, you're not the guy I want backing me up on a felony stop. You're not the guy I want clearing a house with me. Yeah, no, I think, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I would agree, man. I think
1: that's, that's, that is, that is true. But I also kind of like, I honestly, I can't blame some of the guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just can't like the, the amount of stuff that is going on right now, the amount of turmoil that, people in law enforcement are seeing, even when they're making the right decisions, um, you got to want it really bad and you got to be willing to sacrifice a lot to do those things. And I think that, um, even dudes I know now about our cops, like if, if they were to be coming on now, I don't, I don't know how many of them would be. And there's, there's that are that are good dudes that I'm, that I would say that too. Um, just because it's, it's, it's just crazy. Like you can do everything absolutely correct. Um, and your life can be ruined. And that's what sucks right now with, with things. But I think that's, that's what really gets you into the job too. Right? Like I think for me, that was one of always the things like, do you got to be on it? Like you have to be on freaking point all times to make sure like, you're making good decisions you're properly trained like you're up on all your skill sets because like everyone's always watching right yeah now we just now we just see it more I think
0: yeah my uh my detective bureau got issued uh, our new well the whole department got new acts on body cameras um, but they they purchased enough so that all the detectives could have uh, could have body cameras as well and um, there were there's I think at least I, mean, I think there's two, two detectives that I work with who have never had to have a body camera in their whole existence. I've never known the job without one. So it's not, okay. it's not foreign to me. It's not, uh, uh, it's not inconvenient. I mean, hell, I've, my body cameras, I think exonerated me in two or three formal complaints where, yeah, your officer did this. Oh, okay. Hang on. His body camera was running. Uh, yeah, no, he didn't do that. Do you want to watch the footage? Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll go now. Um, But you're absolutely right, man. You've got to you've got to come into this job for the right reasons and you've got to understand what it takes to continue to do this. I think that, you know, it was probably natural for every cop, no matter how dedicated you were, every cop throughout 2020, you know, I would say June, July of 2020, when everything was at its height, that uh, you probably sat there and went, "Okay, well, what else can I do? for A living, like, hmm, how okay, am I going to stay in this? Like, am I close to my 20? Or, you know, you get somebody like me who doesn't even have five years on, it, and it's like, all right, well, do I take my skill set that I've got thus far and go somewhere into the private sector? Do I go back into the family business? Do I try and carve my own path? Um, but you know, here we are. Um, you know, you and I, <laughs> our, our experiences through 2020 were vastly, were probably vastly different given that I work for uh, like a small to medium sized department and you work for that, that larger medium, medium XL department type of thing. So, um, but even still, I mean, I think it, it says something that you can look to your left and your right, and you still got your, your teammates, you know, by your side. Um, and then you can look at Academy classes that are still going on. So there's, yeah there's people out there who are, you know, despite all of the odds being stacked against them. They're like, no, this is what I want to do. And I, 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 yeah, I see it, but it's not going to, I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to falter. I'm going to go out. I'm going to earn that badge every day that I go to work and I'm going to go do my job.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think you, you have to be that way. If you're coming into this career right now, like there's no way you can't be that way. Um, unless you're just like, you're just crazy. Like, I don't know. I don't know why you would, why you would do it. If that's not how you felt. Um but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool it's cool to see the people still coming through like even with all the stuff that's going on like people are still signing up for this job um because they want to make a difference man because they know there's a ton of good work that goes on out there and there's a, they know there's a ton of good impact that the police officers and law enforcement all over the country have um and and although you're not going to hear about it you're not going to see it on the news like like we talked about just a few minutes ago like those little impacts that you are having on all of those people you contact, like you're never going to know the weight or like to be able to substantiate all of that. You just got to know that that's, that it's true and it's happening. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I am curious to get your take since you've been doing this for 16 years, man. And you've, you've seen staffing uh, and recruiting ebb and flow, which I think is, is probably fairly natural. Um, Do you think that going forward uh, police departments are going to have to do more with less uh, we're already doing more with less i mean every agency across this country has spots to fill that they just can't get filled they can't get the money for it or they just can't get the bodies in there um but do you think going for like like we're gonna have you know it's gonna be that patrol officer who's got the the drone and he's got a patrol rifle and uh, you know he's got 47 skill sets because they just can't get all these people on the road
1: Yeah, I think so, man. I think, I think, um, technology is gonna, is gonna keep advancing. And I think that they will try to replace manpower with that. Um, and I think it's gonna, it's gonna be cyclical, man. Like, I think we'll go through that and then they're gonna realize it doesn't work. And then it's gonna go back the other way. And I think it'll kind of keep going round and round like that. I think cops are, I've never, I've never been and as far as my time like I've never been or I've never really been around agencies that are like oh yeah like especially medium to larger size agencies that are like yeah we're 100% staffed um like I've never heard that from any of the other big cities in the country um like they're all hurting for cops and I think that's going to continue to be that way I think your smaller jurisdictions where you know hey it's a smaller town and you know there's only whatever there's 10 officers or 10 deputies there like I think those ones will always be packed um because those are such like awesome Jobs and that that town draws from that, or that surrounding area does, and you can fill it. But man, you're like you're never going to get. You, I just don't think with the, with the way things are growing, you're you're just always going to be playing catch up. I think. Yeah. Right. And, oh. Can you hear me? I just lost
0: you. Oh, hang on. See, can you hear me now?
1: There we go. Yep. Yeah.
0: I don't know what happened. I turned my ceiling fan on and there was a pop and then I had no sound. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, uh, to to the listeners, I'm sorry, I'm not going to edit that out. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) just roll with it, it, I guess.
0: Uh, No, you're right. I mean, you you do look at the small agencies of those 10, 12 deputies. And those are the people who more than likely grew up in that in that area in that county. You know, you look at Texas has what 200 and some odd counties or 100 and some odd counties like those agencies. They're drawing from from the people who were born there and went to school there and they're going to die there. And you know, they're they're just never going to leave that area. Whereas you look at like LAPD, right? How it has, however many thousands of police, you know, police officers that they can have. And they're always going to be a couple thousand short. Um, Yeah. They're, you know, it's uh, it it is that constant catch up. And then again, you're going to have years like, like 2020, where I think we saw a whole lot more retirements than, than a lot of agencies you know, in in 2019, I don't think anybody projected to have twice as many retirements in 2020, and so they they just weren't prepared for that because you can't just you, there's no crystal ball, right? You can't you can't rub a lamp and have a genie come out and be like, oh hey, by the way, next year's gonna fucking suck and you're gonna lose a bunch of officers because they're just yeah. not gonna stick with it. <laughs> so yeah, I think you're yeah. right, man. It's gonna be that that playing catch up, and and then we're gonna get you know, right where we're, ah, oh, Hey man, we're almost, Oh, this is nice. We're almost back at staffing. Oh shit. Nope. Now we're Nope. Not anymore. Yeah, something else. Something else will happen. Something else will happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, just to, to shift gears a little bit, man, you've been on, on your agency's SWAT team for, uh, for 12 years. Uh, there's, uh, definitely a, a certain draw for a lot of people coming into law enforcement, uh, who go, you know what? I, Hey, I like, I want to be on, I want to be on SWAT and it's for whatever reason they're, you know, they're coming out of the military and to them SWAT is the, you know, the more, I don't know the, or the closer mirror image to what they had or SWAT for some people has just always been a draw for them. You know, they, they watched all the movies and the TV shows when they were little. Um, uh, Talk to us a little bit Is your agency, is it a full-time SWAT team? It is. Yeah,
1: man. So I've been there. I've I've been on our team coming up on 12 years now and yeah, we have full, full-time, um, gosh, I think we're almost at 50 guys, just shy of 50 full-time people assigned to it. Yeah.
0: Well, that's gotta be pretty nice, man, to have 50, you know, like-minded people that are, you know, ready to back you up.
1: It is, man. It's, 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 it's a great, it's a great place to be, man. Like I have loved, um, my time there. And I think, You said it earlier, like, that's what guys got to realize. You're not going to, you're not going to love every day at work. Like, you're just not like, um, I don't think anyone in any job has that. Like you, you should definitely enjoy the majority of the days. Like there should be better, more, more good days than there are bad. And as far as your job fulfillment, but you're not going to enjoy any of it. And and even in, in our positions here, right? Like, um, but to have a, to have a group of, of close dudes, man, like that, that's, those are some of those guys are my best friends and the stuff that you get to go through and knowing that dudes that are there are like on top of their shit, right? Like they're, they're on it. They train, they're dialed in. Um, and I know some people like it's funny cause you go back and forth on like the, like the danger levels of different types of police units or policing. And it's, and it's funny, man. Cause I think like, Although I've been in like more hairy situations on um, SWAT than I ever was on patrol, um, or I would say more frequently, um, you just know who's there to work with you through the problem. So it's it's definitely uh, it definitely makes things makes things easier. I would say.
0: Yeah, and it it it's funny because I've heard that. Uh, from a handful of P I, I have not been on SWAT uh, I, at some point in time. I'd like to put my time in uh, and, and, and certainly work with that, the team that we've got over at my agency and uh, get the training and, and see if there's something that I can bring to the table or, you know, at least, at least just have the honor to sit at the same table as some of those dudes. Uh, Cause I, I look up to a lot of those guys. Some of them trained me as field training officers uh, or, or, you know, are at the range or what have you. But um, yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, there's, there's gotta be something to be said. You know, I've, I've heard that, oh, well, you know, my wife doesn't want me to do SWAT or my husband doesn't want me to do SWAT, this, that, and the other thing. But the people that are on SWAT go, look, this is probably the safest unit that you can be in. Sure. You're put in, in some, in not some, you're put in a lot high risk, a lot of high risk situations, but you've got better equipment, uh, whether that's the, you know, the rifles that you're using, the, the armor that you're wearing, you've got, uh, Better training, but it's not just you. It's your whole team is at least as experienced. Well, I don't want to say experienced. You're all trained to the same level. And so there's, you know, there's, you're not going on to a, you're not a patrol officer clearing a house with somebody who got off of FTO yesterday and somebody who's retired on duty and they're, and they're just not motivated at all to do anything because they're like, yeah, I leave in two weeks.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I think you get, you get the guys that are in the the primes of their career that are there that are that take things serious um so it's a yeah it's it's a it's a different beast man and I think like I I do think a lot of people like I think SWAT is sexy to a lot of people like they just want they see the movies or they see the shows or they hear the stories and everyone wants to do like it because it's because it's tactical and um everyone likes that but I think like if it's not for you, it's not for you. Like and that's cool, right? Like I think I have that conversation a ton with like guys I run into or other dudes that are talking Like, ah, oh, I thought about that, but you know this or that. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like there's no there's no downfall if you don't want to do that side of it. Like I don't want to. There's there's definitely things that don't interest me in police work, right? And like it's and it's fine. Like you got to find something that fits you that you want to do that you know you can be dedicated to. Um, but that fits your personality that fits your set, that fits the family life you want to have because it's not like i know for us in our team like it's not it's, it's not easy man like when i came to our team i didn't have kids um and i have two that are um 11 and 9 and like that's all they know right like that's all they know is that phone goes off and i leave now granted now i'm um, a little bit removed because i went to a training spot on our team in the past couple months and it's it's a it's a little different but um there's sacrifices to be made as you know man just coming on the call as a detective like those things happen like you miss games you miss holidays you miss a ton of stuff and whatever whatever you choose your career path to be like it's fine like don't don't let someone bully you into something or think that you didn't do enough because it wasn't what other guys were doing like I think that's one thing I've I've tried to be huge on as far as Things I talk about with guys that are coming up or getting into the career field, man, like do what you want to do. Like I know everyone thinks like the SWAT thing is cool. Like if that's really what you want to do, do it. But don't do it because you think you should, or because other guys think it's cool. Because it's not going to work out, right? Um, like, dude, we need fricking, we need badass detectives. We need awesome SROs. Like we need, we need those positions, even though sometimes other cops may. Um, Talk bad about the guys that are working at the school man those dudes at those schools probably have more impact and and change more lives than 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 i have in my career right because they're having that daily impact with the kids so i think just finding something that you want to do as a cop and 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 getting into it and and being proud of it like just go for it man like obviously I'm, i'm i'm biased towards the the tactical stuff because that's all I know pretty much right like that's what I've done for almost the last twelve years and and that is honestly like you talked about that was one of the reasons I became a cop was because I wanted to get on, um, the SWAT team. And
0: and I and I've
1: loved it, man. Like, but there's there's also a ton of a ton of baggage that comes with it.
0: Right, right. Uh, there's there's two dudes that I work with and and uh, one of them's been on I don't know like maybe a year and a half to two years more than me, and one of them's been on about a year and a half less than I have, and we'd all, you know, working together, and you get to those, those 3 a.m. conversations when you're working graveyards, and it's like, what do you want to do in your career? And and their answers were always uh, consistent in that, you know what, I want to do K-9, I want to do SWAT, and that's really about it, and you need those guys, and now one of them is a K-9 officer and a SWAT officer. My Our SWAT team is a, uh, like, dual role, so you're either, you know, you, you got some other sort of function, and then SWAT is almost... I hate to say secondary, but it is a secondary function to your uh, your primary job there, uh, be it patrol, SRO, detective, whatever it is. Um, yeah. But, uh, and the other guy just made it onto the SWAT, just tested onto the SWAT team. Uh, couldn't be more proud of either of them. Uh, and, and if they spend the next 20 some odd years being uh, SWAT team members and canine handlers, and that's, that's fine. Do that. That is what their passion is. And damn it all to hell. If I've got a question about canines, who do I, who am I going to go to? The The person who's been doing it for 15, 20 years. If I've got a question about SWAT, uh, who am I? I, the most impressed I've ever been with, uh, a command officer on a scene. It, I can't even remember what the hell it was, uh, specifically something we were going to have to end up clearing a house. Um, uh, And this lieutenant looked at a SWAT officer. Uh, He was, he's a patrol officer who was on SWAT and said, "Uh, the whole tactical thing, that's not, I'm not an expert in that. So I need you to make the calls on this. Are you okay with that? I will defer to your judgment. Like hats off to that lieutenant for understanding, you know, where, where he, where he stood, uh, you know, at that moment in time. But again, you are your own barometer for your career, and I think that's extremely important to point out is that if if you want to be a detective for three years and then you want to go back to the road to be an FTO or you want to be a detective here and there and here and there, then that's fine. Go do that. Um, If you want to be one of those detectives who's like, you know what, I finally got to where I want to be in property crimes, financial crimes, intel, sex crimes, whatever the case may be, and you're there for 15 or 20 years, that well, then... Hey, I'm going to go to you with the questions that I have, but I'm not yeah. going to think any less of the person who did sex crimes for 3 years and then went up to property for 3 years and now they're going back to the road because oh holy shit, they had patrol experience, then they had two separate types of investigative experience and now they're going to come teach our new officers. That's that's yeah. a good that's a good person to have out there, a well-rounded uh, you know, person to have out there. So whether or not you want to be the jack of all trades or the master of one, just understand that they your career is going to be different. Uh, you know, my career is going to be different than Justin's career and Justin's career is going to be different than, you know, John's career or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, 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 I hesitate to tell people like you need to put X number of years into a position because you may get there thinking that, Hey, this is what I wanted. This is everything I thought it was going to be, you know, you get into detectives. Um, and then, you get your first call out that turns into like a twenty-five hour day, and you go like, "Holy shit, I am never doing this again."
1: No, exactly, man. You got to and you got to like what you're doing, otherwise, you're not going to be good at it or as good as you could be, right? Like, if you go somewhere and you just settle and you're like, "Hey, I'm going to hang out here," and I got to stay, I got to stay five years because everyone's going to talk shit about me if I don't. Like, screw that, dude. Like, go go do something that you like to do because you'll be good at it. And then you're, as opposed to detrimental to staying somewhere else, man. And I think I think moving around is great, dude. Like, I honestly, um, if I could go back in my career, I think I would probably have done that. I think um, I was so concentrated on um, getting to SWAT that uh, that was, like, all I did. That's all I worked to, um, all I worked for. And I got there. Shoot, man, at the time I came over, I was, uh, I think, the most junior guy to ever make it onto our team. And now I've been there coming up on 12 years um so i'm like gosh what do i do for my last four do i stay there do i stay in this training spot like is there other things i wish i would have done like i kind of wish i would have promoted you know i think that would be cool but as as far as for me like family timing just didn't work out i wasn't going to go back to third shift when i had a um my kids were like in in playing sports and doing these stuff like that just didn't really interest me but I think you got to, you got to figure out what works for you, man. What keeps the, the, the family life good? What keeps you good mentally? Like where you're actually enjoying work and you're not like hating life every day at work. Um, and then just realize too, like, I think one of the biggest things for cops is like, we realize when you got enough of something, man, like if you're freaking in, if you're in sex crimes, you're in kitty crimes and that shit's eating you up, like realize when it's time to go. Um, or if you're in SWAT, man, and you've seen one too many things that you didn't want to see, or you've had X number of incidents happen, like, and it's time to go, like, realize it and it's okay. Like, don't, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel like you're being a, a baby or a pussy or something like that. Be like, go, go do what is best for you and your, and your family and your mental health. Because like, do I, I talk about it all the time, man. Like, if you look at this career and you do, if you do 20 years, man, like average, life expectancy for a male in the U S is what, like 74 or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Somewhere around there.
1: So roughly your, your career, you, you figure you got probably 20, 25% on the front end, 25% of your life is in your career. And then hopefully when you retire, you got damn near 50% of your life left. Like that's a big chunk. So, so don't end up completely broken or freaking so screwed up mentally that you can't enjoy that time or, or whatever, man, or you were, you were so far gone that now you weren't around and your kids, you, you weren't around there for your kids and now they don't want things to do with you. You're divorced so you're giving half your pension away, man. Like it, it's an awesome job and it's great, but realize like when other things are starting to suffer because of, of you not taking care of yourself at work Absolutely. and I know that was kind of like a segue off the things, but I just see it so often and it's like, gosh, man, we need to do a better job of that, of educating cops on those things.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and law enforcement is a slow moving train uh, in, in terms of you know new ideas or new thoughts, and and I think finally, and it seems to be like just within the four years that I've been on that that talk about mental health has has exploded. Usually on on the side of the folks that we interact with on the street, and then uh, until I would say very recently, it was our mental health was like an afterthought. Well, and now. There's there's all sorts of, of studies being done, and there, you know agencies are are devoting resources to either hiring a, as a civilian position or or making it a sworn position, um, to having uh, having people available for you to go and talk to about things that you've experienced. But I'm right there with you, man. If you if you see some shit that that just screws you up, or if you you start having those weird nightmares. Uh, uh, where, where you know the things that you've encountered are happening to you or, or you're just reliving the same shit over and over again might be time might be time to cut bait and move on to something else. And there's, yeah. there should be no shame in it. And if, if, if I, I mean, I, I, I stand by, if you want something sugar coated, go to a fucking candy store. If you're something, somebody out there listening to this show right now and you shit talk somebody who leaves a position after one or two years, fuck you. Like, it's their, it's their career. They've got their reasons. Let them have their reasons. Move on from it. So, yeah,
1: I agree, man. Like cops, cops will always find something to bitch about, right? Like we're great at it. Um, and I think part of that's venting, like that's some of the camaraderie and just how, how things work. But I think, yeah, dude, like you just got to, you got to do what's best for you, man. Like you, what's best for you and your family and your life. And, and what is that going to be, man? Cause, um, I think sometimes we lose sight of that, dude. like, like i know for me personally man when i first got to uh, our team like it, every everything was about the team like i went dude i shot competitive matches on on the weekends like on my days off i was shooting i was going to these classes i was going to this like i was covering i was i was going to every single thing i possibly could man and you know and i wouldn't change that like it was great it was a ton of great learning experience it was it was awesome things to be involved in but then you get you get further along in your career and you're like, dude, I'm totally cool with like not ever getting shot at again. Like I'm cool with not getting in another shooting. Like I'm, I'm fine with those things. Like I would prefer it to be that way. Um, but I think as you're, as you're getting into things and you're trying to see things and figure out like what works, like we've had guys that have come to our team and, and like, they just realize, Hey man, this just isn't working out. Dude. Like I'm never home. Like my marriage is suffering. Um, my kids are suffering and they leave and they're, and they're making the right choice and guys will, guys will be like well, what the hell dude like, and then it's like who cares dude like if, if that's the case with him then he's not going to be up to the level we need him to be anyway so like it's it's what's best for both worlds
0: absolutely and i think
1: cops just gotta be one of the first ones to start critiquing each other right like you see it like someone posts a video and there's 57 comments of other cops talking shit about someone's tactics and they don't even know the story right um and we, and, and we do it in all aspects. So I think just the, yeah, the, the guys that are, the guys and gals that are listening, like give some grace to dudes, man. Like, I know I've had shitty days. I know I'm screwed up. Like, shoot, we all do it. Um, but we don't know what, what everyone's going, we got going on. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you start to, you know, your, your home life suffers, like you just said, that's going to reflect on your work no matter the position that you're in. Um, and, You don't want to miss something, right? Not in our job, you know, you, uh,
1: yeah. Cause someone else is going to get hurt. Yeah, You'll be fine. But then there's something else for you to live with now. Yeah.
0: You know, there are other positions out there where, okay, you put the ink toner in backwards. Well, that's an easy fix, but you don't want to, you know, go to like pie a corner in a room or make a traffic stop. And, and your head is so far out on in left field because, your wife and you got in a fight last night or you and your husband got into a fight last night or your your kid said something, you know, daddy, why are you never home? And that's the only thing you're thinking about. And now you're running the risk of not coming home and and, yeah. and your work quality is going to suffer. And like you just said, Justin, it, the person that gets hurt may not be you. The person that gets hurt may be the person that that is next to you or, or coming to back you up or, you know, the person who's going to be second in through the door. That you missed you missed the dude in the corner with the shotgun because you didn't you didn't dig the deep corner and now you know your buddy behind you is getting shot because you just you slipped up. So um no, I, I can't agree with you more, man. That that's that's something that, that is uh, near and dear to my heart as as far as drive your career where you want it to go. Don't let somebody else tell you how your career can go. Um and on top of that, as far as I will say that I've been lucky thus far to have supervisors who have all said basically the same thing, like, "Hey, this yes, this is your dream career, right?" And I, and I differentiate between a career and a job uh, personally. You know, a job is McDonald's, a career is something you can see yourself doing, something you've dreamt about, something you've worked towards, you've gone to school for it, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, even our dream career, it's just a job. We can we can do something else if we absolutely have to. Um, I would say that you know less than 1% of the country becomes a police officer have a little bit of faith in yourself that if you decide that hey you know what I've only been doing this for 10 12 years but I yeah I think I'm going to I'm just I'm just going to cut my losses and be done with it well you did something that less than 1% of the nation is either capable of or willing to do uh, I think you can go and work for uh you know a, a computer manufacturer or you can go be a car salesman or whatever the case may be so
1: yeah whatever you want and I think that's the that's the beauty of it. Like you don't, you don't have to do anything. Like you can only, you can only pretty much do what you want to do. So take those things. And I think one of the biggest things like people need to realize is priorities change throughout your life. Like maybe your priority initially was to get hired as a cop and you got hired and then it was to go to an X detail and then you went there and then um, like job satisfaction isn't the same or you have other priorities. Like that's, that's normal and that's okay. And like, you should expect that. Um, I think it is it is super rare to find the dudes that have stayed in the job for 10 15 years that have the same level of, of enthusiasm as they did when they got there um, especially in, in these positions right and and know that and know that it's a it's a good place to be but you can always you can always change it and especially with departments man depending on the department you work for there's so many different areas you can get involved in like I know for my department man gosh dude, like you, you can pretty much do any any non-police job that's outside of our department we have that job within our department somewhere so you can find something you want to do like and and figure it out and and go do different things and learn a ton of different stuff if that's if that's what you want or if that's what you need
0: yeah yeah i mean my agency granted i think there's supervisory positions only but we've got like our own sworn it staff who work with the non-sworn it staff like you can like you just said you, we've got civilian range staff so or I civilian we've got non sworn range staff you can like you just said you can go and do whatever you want to do or you can get on you know if you're good with with and there's let me Get this one out of the way. There's nothing wrong with working patrol for 25 years. We need really good patrol officers who love working the road because you once got told by Miss Susie, your second grade teacher, that you're never going to get paid to stare out of a window. Well, guess what, Miss Susie? You're wrong. I'm getting paid to stare out of a window right now and and drive around. Um, But you look at larger agencies again, you know, like L.A. County Sheriff's. You want to be a helicopter medic. That is a thing that you could go do. You want to be on the Marine unit and, and put around, uh, you know, one of the, one of the harbors or bays on a boat, go for it. You want to be a rescue diver. You can do that. You want to ride a dirt bike all day long. You can do that. Um, You know, you go to other places that, that they've got, you know, our Northern agencies probably have guys who, you know, ride ATVs in the summer, but, and they ride snowmobiles in the winter. You can, there is an agency out there, dear listener, who has the job that you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Like you can, you can find it wherever. So I think that's, I think that's what's cool, and I think that's what's, that's what's neat about law enforcement. There's so many different things, man. You can be a, you can be a game warden, right? Like, yeah, you can, absolutely. You can do so many different things in this career, and like, even for guys like us in Arizona, um, like, you don't lose your time. Like you can go to any any law enforcement department in this state. Like your pension transfers. So if you get sick of being a city cop, like go work somewhere else. If you get sick of working rural or you get sick of being like a, a game and fish guy, like come work for a city. Like you can do those things and you can move around. And that pension is always going to stay with you. So, so find something that you enjoy because it's, it's freaking way too short to, to not, and just to, to be miserable. And I think that's that's just something like the younger generation has to, has to learn. Like dude, being a patrol cop was probably some of the most fun times of my life. Like, I loved it. Like, it was just, you're working third shift. Like, I'm in my early 20s. I'm with, like, one of my best friends, and we're, like, just rolling around the freaking streets of Maryvale. Like, this is amazing. Like, they give me a freaking, I have a, a pistol, a badge, and a police car. Like, oh my gosh, what am I doing?
0: Um, I'm getting so paid to do the time. shit you see on TV. Like, <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, exactly, dude. But now, like, if, um, if someone wanted me to go do that I'd be like yeah I don't know man like I'm sure it'd be fun like and I I could do the job it's just not where my priority is currently at my stage in life and and for a long time I think and I I would say probably a lot of people do this is like you feel bad for that feeling if that makes sense right like you feel um well like I should I should want to do the same things that I used to want to do well no dude like that's what growth and development is. Like if you're in the same place that you were 15, 16 shit, five years ago, like then you're doing something wrong. Like you should be growing. You should be developing. Like things should be changing constantly. And I'm not saying that as far as like the, the position you're in within your career. I'm just saying like how you feel about things, right? Like, um, like think like just get that. We have time. I have, talked with dudes on my team all the time about that like dude this is the only skill that i have They're like dude for us like for guys on our team like if they retire and they don't have a job lined up that's paying six figures like they screwed something up or they didn't put the time in or they didn't think they could do it or whatever it is but understand like there's going to be life after being a cop right um, i hope for everyone um, and you want to have that best life possible during your career and then afterwards so what do you what, what are the things you need to do and keep in place now so that you're moving in that direction and, and have those things set up. Um, cause dude, I don't know how you are, but for me, it's such like a interesting dichotomy because I don't ever want like I go back and forth between like, um, being a cop is like all I am, like personifies me as a, as a man or as a person. And then also like, no, it does not at all. Like that's, that's my job. That's my career. I um, mean, I think it's it. Dude, I, I flip flap on that all the time because it's just it's just it's just dependent on what it is. And I think we, I think we as law enforcement officers think it has to be one or the other. And it's okay that you're somewhere in the middle.
0: Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, man, because I I know that I struggled with going back and forth on that. Uh, and I, again, I hearken back to to 2020. A, it wasn't that. It was what, six weeks ago, uh, eight weeks ago, and and it was such a. It it, the year 2020 will be one that every cop who was a cop during that year will talk about for the rest of their careers. Um, And uh, somebody told, you know, well, I don't know why you're so upset. You can take your uniform off. And it's my immediate response in my head was, no, I can't like, yes, I physically, I I take it off every day. I make sure that it's washed. Like I'm, it's not a, uh, like not talking about like hygiene, but, but you're talking on like a, uh, a spiritual or a mental level. Like, no, I, I can't take this badge off. This is who I am. This is, this is a part of me and it always will be. And then, yeah, there are other days where you're like, all right, well, um, I need to remember that Uh, I I had when I was at the academy, I had this ASU uh, Arizona State University PD sergeant. I cannot remember his name to save my life. Um, I met his wife once. She's also a cop somewhere else. But but he, one thing he said, I try to remind myself of every now and then, is that um, be a man who is a cop, not a cop who is a man. And that that is something that, like you just said, that dichotomy. You go back and forth between no, being a cop is all that I am, and then you need to remember that it's okay if you start to feel like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this job anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause I think I, I'm there, man. Like I, if you said like how you talked about that, like not taking the bad job. and I would say I was there for a long time. And I would say the last couple of years, like when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm on call or I get called in, I'm working like I'm, I'm on it. But other than that, dude, like unless, unless something crazy is going on, like I ain't getting involved off duty. Right. Like I'm not that, that way and i think it's it's taken a lot of um like self work just for me as far as mentality to understand that that's not that's not everything dude and i I know for me like it even it got to the point where it was like bleeding over to my kids like they were they were always on like they're always looking they're always seeing things and probably because they hear so much stuff on on our phones and they go off or on the radio and they and they hear these things or they hear stories or See things on the news or incidents that uh, we were involved in, or I was involved in, or whatever, and and then I see them start to develop this man, and it's almost like create some anxiety in them because they're they're like taking on your persona a little bit because like you know how cops are like dude, you should, you you can't sit with your back against the door and like I'm not saying like ignore all your general like safety precautions and just like common sense stuff like have that but understand that. Um, if, if you are, if, if you are expecting a career and solely a career and your position that you hold to make you happy or to define your life, um, like it's going to stop at some point, right? Like you can't always be a cop. So if that's what you've always done, then when that time comes, like, what are you going to do? Right. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be rough, man. Right. Like in my opinion.
0: Well, and I, and I know there's there are probably people listening to this police-based podcast It's like, this fucking guy's telling us to not, like, eat, breathe, live cop stuff, and here he is at 9 o'clock at night on his day off talking, to, understand, for me, this is cathartic. Uh, the whole reason I started this podcast was because, you know, at, at the height of, of protests and anti-police, uh, you know, the anti-police mentality last year, I started to, like, I mean, it was it was hard to not just be down all the time, man, and to be able to talk to other cops and, and hey, yeah, they know what you're going through. Um, you know, but, but now I, I do get to the point where it's, okay, I'm not on call, I'm not at work, okay, I'm not going to take the work phone to dinner with me. I'm going to take my phone. Uh, and it's going to stay in my pocket. I think tonight, it's funny, funny you talk about always sitting with your back to the wall. My wife, when we walk into a restaurant now, I, we've been together for almost 10 years, but she know like she doesn't even... It, it's not even a thought. It's a natural occurrence for her to just automatically leave the seat that faces the door uh, as my seat. Uh, but we went out to dinner oh, tonight. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, how did I get to that point? Um, but we went out to dinner tonight, and uh it was nice to just sit with the family uh with it was with with her mom and her mom's fiance and and his uh his oldest son Uh, it was nice to just to just be out of it and not always constantly talking about cop shit and even now like we had a team uh party for the end of last year and my lieutenant and my commander at the end of the party were just laughing because here all of us are these you know no more than four or five years on and we're all just sitting there talking about work. And they're like, guys, like you're, you're missing the point of this being a party. Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, uh, but,
1: but it's, but it's true, man. It's just stages of your career. And I think, dude, yeah, don't get me wrong, man. If you, if you guys are listening, I'm not telling you to not be prepared and do not like hone your skill sets. Like I am absolutely an advocate of that. Like freaking carry your gun off duty. Like you need to be able to respond if something happens like that's That's in my opinion, that's, that's, that's one of your duties. Like you, you, sh- you have a certain skill set, be able to use it and employ it if needed. However, like, do not let it consume you. Where that if, if something were to happen tomorrow, man, like you get in a wreck and 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 you can't be in a cop anymore, that your life is over. Like that's what I'm saying. Like don't let it consume everything you do. Don't let your marriage go to shit um, because you think you have to do X, Y, and Z in your career. Um, like preparation versus consumption are two different things. Right. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. The, I, yeah, you couldn't have said it better. That preparation versus consumption. Um, uh, I'm going to shit. I'm going to have to remember that. I'll probably talk about that in future episodes with people because that's again, I don't know the, I'm struggling to try and quantify that. I mean, you cannot say anything more accurate than that. Uh, and, and if you think for one second that that spouse is going to wait 25 years for you to be done playing cops and robbers, uh, you're, you're fucking wrong. Most of the time, I would say so. Yeah, so and they'll wait. They'll wait enough to
1: get half your pension.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. They'll wait. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They'll, 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 more than happy to take that check. Maybe. Um. But yeah. Don't let it. Don't let it. Just devolve into into that. Let it, you know. You, you want yeah. that that person smiling when you come home to smile every day. Uh. And you don't want to get there twenty five years later, walk into an empty fucking third floor apartment uh, with one bedroom and be like, Oh, well, I
1: oh, got a glass of wild, wild turkey. Cause that's all you can afford. That's now. all you can oh, afford. Right.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and you're yeah. not even getting the 750 mil bottle. You can only get the fucking little 325 mil bottle or whatever it is. <laughs> right, so, yeah. um, yeah, well, and, and in talking about, um, you know, life after law enforcement, uh, one of the other driving forces behind this podcast was to talk to cops that are doing, doing things outside of the cop world. And you've got, uh, your own knife making company. I do, man. And I do. The, so, and that is mill Mac. Am I saying it right? Yeah. M I L M A K no Mac blade. Okay. Uh, well tell us all about that. And I got to know where the name came from.
1: Um, dude, yeah. So the name is, um, it's three letters from each of my kids' names. Okay. Um, that's okay. where, that's where that came from so it's nothing like super exciting it's uh it's the uh, first three letters of each of of their names and that's kind of how it started and you know honestly it started as a hobby like that i've always built stuff um i used to make like um used to weld and do baja bumpers and roll cages and things like that on on pre-runners and and racing trucks a little bit here and there and then i had always been in deny so I remember being on patrol and I wanted like a, um, gosh, I can't even remember the brand, but it was like, it was a fixed plate. And it was like 600 bucks. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like there's no way. How am I supposed to afford that? Like that's a week's worth of work. Like this is crazy. Like I'm pretty sure I can make that. So, um, started making some and then other buddies liked them and they wanted them. So I started just making it as a hobby and it was just a good, for me, it was a good, uh, just cathartic. Like you said, a good stress relief. Like I could check out a little bit. I could go out in the garage, uh, grind away, decompress a little bit. And it was just a good way for me to kind of escape. And I've always been like, I've had the definitely like a creative side of me. And that was a way for me to kind of exercise that. And honestly, over the years, it's just grown, especially I would say like the last two to three years, it's really kind of taken off. And it's been great, man. Like it's, it's, it's just cool to have something that you've done yourself and that you're growing. And that is something that's going to allow me to leave at my 20 and be set and, and have another, another option. That's not dependent on someone else.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I and, and there's a I, I draw a parallel there. Uh, my thing was, was holsters. Like I was in college, you know, working, working for the family business, uh, having bills to pay just like everybody else. And I was like, I'm not paying $95 for a fucking two pieces of plastic riveted together. These things cannot be that hard to make. Uh, I tried tried the business route. I'm not the world's greatest businessman. So I just, I, I probably... Well, me either, man, me either. <laughs> I just, I don't think I was mature enough. And and I didn't really, there's a lot of paperwork involved with that. I don't think I thought all that uh, through. But it's nice to be able to look back and, and know that you have the ability to make something. And for you, man, like you you can teach your kids how to make knives if they wanted to do that. And and now they've got a skill set. That's something that can be passed down, you know, generationally. Uh, so no, that's awesome, man. I had no idea that it was uh, the first three letters of each of your kids' names. That's badass. That's that's pretty cool. They're, you know, I don't know if they recognize it now at at nine and eleven, I think you said, but you gotta imagine, you know, ten years from now, they're gonna be like, Hell yeah, like see somebody out in, out on town wearing a Milmac blades t shirt and be like, Hey, what's up, man? You, you know where that yeah, name came all from <laughs> yeah. do you have yeah, no it's cool of of the knives that you make do you have a personal favorite uh style
1: yeah i mean so just my like it's my ccw model it's like a seven inch seven inch blade dude it's like it's it's my go-to for kind of everything if anyone asks that's the that's the blade i almost always recommend because it's Super easy to conceal. You can throw it on like your inner belt. You can throw it on gym shorts. You can put that thing wherever. And it's just, it's just a, a great size. So that's, that's the one that I would, I would always go with is my CCW blade.
0: Do you have any people asking you to make like wackadoo shit? Like, I want a sword with flames coming out of it.
1: Every now and then you'll get them, right? Or you'll get the guys that like have their own design and they'll send you a drawing that's pretty much your knife, but they change like one thing. I'm like, <laughs> no, dude, like, and I think, dude, like, that that's funny, man, because this kind of brings us back to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. Like, one of the biggest, like, stress relievers or, like, anxiety reducers in your life will be learning and knowing when to say no. Like, like I used to be like, gosh, you don't want to turn a customer down. And now I'm just like, no, sorry, dude, can't do it, not doing it. Because for one, it doesn't feel right. And number two, it's not going to be time efficient. And number three, I just don't want to. And, like, I'm at a point in my life now where, like, if it's if it's something I don't want to do or it's not going to help me provide for my family or it's not going to make my career or business more efficient, like, it's a no. Like, time is super freaking valuable. So, um, like, yeah, man, learn, learn to say yes to shit you want and no to shit that doesn't feel right.
0: Well, and you gotta imagine that somebody came to Henry Ford and was like, Hey, can you make me a sewing machine or some weird wackadoo shit like that? And he was like right, you yeah. he finally was like, No, go away. I'm only making cars. And no, yeah, I'm
1: not <laughs> I'm not doing that. Right.
0: Justin the Mac somebody... blades the next Henry Ford. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, shoot, man. Sky's the limit,
0: dude. Um uh, it, it is true. Uh where do people go, man? Uh what's your website? Where do people go to find your knives?
1: Uh, so my website is, is no So M I L M a K a Z.com. Um, you can find whatever's in stock is always up on there. And then do yeah, I do the majority of stuff through Instagram and it's milmakblades on Instagram. That's where you'll see the, the majority of stuff over there.
0: Well, there you go. If you're not following, uh, uh, Mac blades on instagram you're wrong and you need to fix that and you need to go click that follow button i know you're looking at your phones right now anyways just listening to this droning on in the background unless you're driving uh if you're driving and listening to this podcast wait until you get to where you're getting then pull up instagram and go and follow uh, <laughs> uh go and go and follow justin uh and uh, uh you too it, this is the first time as a podcast host i have interviewed another podcast host tell us about the man minutes podcast
1: Right on, man. Yeah. So Man Minutes is my podcast. Um, Usually pretty like short episodes. Like I try to stick to like the 30, like 25, 30 minute mark. And it was just, again, a therapy for me. I am um, a constant overthinker and I am by far my own worst critic. And I think for a very long time, I thought that was abnormal. Right. I thought that some of the thoughts I was having in my head about being a man and like stressing out about not providing or not feel like I'm living up to who I should be or not providing the, the life I need for my family or, um, just some of the dude, just like off the wall shit that'll go through my head. Um, I used to think was abnormal and I just needed a way to get it out. And I think as the more time went on and the more guys that I could have honest conversations with, um, you realize it's not dude. And I think, Especially like on our team, man, like tons and tons of solid dudes. Um, but there's always the block up too, man. Like there's the the block, the facade, as there is with most cops. That like everything's always fine. Well, like motherfucker, I know it's not fine. Like it's not fine. Like we just fucking we just did a hostage rescue and and freaking saw two dead kids. So I know you're not fine. Like I know that's not the case. Um, in in figuring things out and and listening to that or just even even money stuff like finance stuff, marriage stuff. Like I think that's kind of where it started for me. So that's what I talk a lot about, man. It's not a ton of like law enforcement directly related. It's more just focused on like the shit that guys think about and the problems that we have and how, um, you're just not, you're not alone in those thoughts, man. When you're sitting there at night and you're like, gosh, what are we going to do? Like, um, I got to do this better. Like my wife is freaking amazing. My kids are awesome. I want them to have more like I'm failing. Like how do I change this? Like that's normal shit. Like in, in my, in my experience, a lot of guys have those thoughts. So just to kind of get some of that stuff out there and, and talk about those things that we don't like to talk about was probably my biggest goal just for uh, starting in man minutes.
0: Hell yeah. There's there, like you said, as a facade, it's that, uh what's that adage about ducks look like, look, look, like look calm on top and then paddle like hell underneath. Um, except that's all going on in your mind, uh, with, yeah. with some of the things that, and again, you know, we'll, we will leave scenes like you said, you know, you got a hostage rescue and there's two dead kids or, or you're, uh, you're a computer crimes detective and, and there's, you know, like kitty porn and that that's not a normal thing for you to have to interact with. You're, you're a a family violence detective and some dude has just beat his wife to within an inch of her life or you're a homicide detective. And that dude, you know, killed his wife and his whole family. That's not normal shit for anybody to deal with. Um, hell, you're, you're a patrol officer and there's a fucking really bad car wreck and where people are stuck in and mangled and uh, you know, cars are, are on fire. You know, the, the once in a career things, is just not okay for you to, your brain cannot really process that you through your training, you will move through those. Um, you know, I even to this, to this day, even through some of the shit that, that has gone on on the road or that I've heard about, I've never heard about somebody just, just freezing that, that I've worked with. I'm sure it happens, but um, you'll, you'll it get happens. it happens. It happens. And uh, but, but so many of us will get through an event and then we'll just look back and we're like, holy shit. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I mean, go, yeah, go listen to the man minutes podcast and just know that y- the thoughts going through your head are going through the heads of thousands of other people and it's okay. Yep, exactly.
1: hundred percent, man. A hundred percent.
0: So, yeah, this is uh, uh, something that, that is near and dear uh, to my heart. It's, uh, I mean, it's clearly Justin's got an entire podcast devoted to it. So uh, I think as longevity in our career, uh, I think that's going to be, uh, you know, mental health is a huge part of that physical, you know, physical health, of course, but, um, but it's, it's what we've talked about tonight, guys, that it's, uh, moving on when you need to move on and understanding that, that you are not alone out there. I think that's, what's going to provide longevity in this career, um, that we've chosen this career that we truly do love, um, you know, for the, the evil mistress that it could be from time to time. Um, uh, but no, dude, this has been a great conversation, man. I've enjoyed every minute of this.
1: Right on, man. Thanks. You too. No, it's been it's it's been good. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So again, folks, go uh go check out Milmac uh uh is it milmac or milmacblades.com. I've already forgotten.
1: Milmac <laughs> A Z dot Mil- yeah, Google <laughs> Milmac Blades will
0: come up. Perfect. Yeah, I, I, even I can Google things and I'm tech illiterate at thirty years old, which is probably not a bragging point. Um, uh, <laughs> But uh, that, check out Man Minutes and check out Mill Mac on Instagram. And uh, and and don't forget about uh, Gold Star Teen Adventures. We talked about them at the beginning of the show as well. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there for listening. Uh, again, get to wherever you're getting safe. Um, uh, look out for one another. Uh, and, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Stay safe. We'll see you on the road.